It says this, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, and he clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains fell off of every prisoner. Let's pray. God, today, we just need you. We need your help. We need your guidance. And God, we just, we, we, we just need you to be God in our life. What you've done for those in Scripture, God, we believe that you'll do for us today. God, I just pray as your word goes forth that chains would be broken, that things that we've been bound to would fall off in a moment, not due to our strength, but due to yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. About 10, 10, 12 years ago, I went on my very first hunting trip with my wife's family, and um, they go hunting. It's, turned, it's evolved into camping now. We don't really go out to hunt, but uh, when I first started, they were really, really into it, like really excited to get out, to get up early in the morning. This man would make me wake up at five, and it was cold, and, and we'd have to get out there, and, um, and I knew going on this one specific trip that I had to be prepared. Like, I know I'm a rookie, but I didn't need them to know, like, this was my first rodeo. And so I start preparing for this trip. I start Google searching, like, what do you take to the woods? Um, so I start packing all these things, and I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to be, like, ready. That when Pastor, and Pastor Randy, that's, that's my father-in-law, so I was, like, really trying to impress him, especially because I just got married. I wanted him to know that he could trust me in the woods if I ever got lost with his daughter. Um, and so I'm packing, I'm doing all these things, I'm getting like, like I got my little pocket knife and I, I got some insect repellent and this, even got this like little blanket in case you get lost and I needed to cuddle with my wife and I just, so I'm buying all these different things. I got a compass, I was determined, if you have a compass, you know, you, you take people with compasses seriously. So I'm thinking I'm going to get a compass and I was super proud of it and I'm, I get everything and and it's, it's, we get to the camping grounds, and we're ready to go out one day, and he asks me what I packed. And so I'm, I'm ready to pass this test. I'm like, I got this. I got that. I thought he was going to be impressed with the compass. He wasn't really that impressed. And, and so I'm naming off all of these things, and I'm super, like, proud. Like, I'm doing everything I know to do, and I'm gonna, this is it. And he looked at me when I was done naming everything I had been doing, and he says, you're missing the most important thing. And I'm thinking, what's more important than the compass? He said, you're, you're missing a flashlight. I'm like, a flashlight? Like, what, who, who need, he, he says, how, how is your compass going to get you out of the woods? How is, how is your knife going to get you out of the woods? You need a flashlight. The title of my message today is this. It's this, praise your way out. Praise your way out. I, I think praise is kind of like the flashlight. Like we understand like its value to some degree, but we don't really understand its importance. I think, I think praise is one of those things that we hear in church. And yeah, like I know I, I need to praise, 
But we don't connect the dots that praise is the very thing that can get you out of any scenario in your life. And, and my desire in this, in this series is that we would value praise, that we wouldn't just value the other things that we're doing, but we would see the value in praise. And praise was something that Paul and Silas tapped into that got them out of a situation that I don't think anybody on planet Earth could have gotten out of in their own ability. Praise got these guys out. Paul and Silas, they're, they're in a bit of a pickle. They didn't do anything bad to deserve what, they, what, what had happened to them. They're just out doing God's work and there's this crazy lady, fortune teller lady, following them around, and she's hyping them up, and Paul gets annoyed, so he rebukes the spirit out of the girl, and, and she's set free by Jesus, but then, like, her boss gets really mad because she was making him a lot of money for fortune telling, so he gets mad and is like, who's this guy that delivered my fortune teller? Take them to jail. So now they're in jail, and they're in the inner dungeon just to ensure if they try to escape, it's going to be impossible Let's even get their feet in stocks so even if they think about it, they'll be reminded by those stocks that they're stuck. They were in a pickle, but they tapped into something. The Bible says that they prayed and they praised. They started singing songs to God, and as they began to praise, things started to move. The ground started to shake. Doors started to open, chains started to fall. If Paul was here, I think there'd be some things he'd want us to know about praise. If he was on this stage today and some and you were taking notes, he'd say this, point number one, praise at all times. Praise at all times. Praise at all times. In Psalms 145, verse 2, it says this, I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Notice it said, I'll praise you every day. If I'm praising God every day, that means that I'm praising him before my problem, during my problem, and after my problem. Paul and Silas did not wait for chains to fall off to raise their hands in the air, wave them around like they just didn't care. They didn't wait for that to happen, but that's what most of us do. God, I'll praise you once the chains fall. God, I'll praise you once the doctor report changes. God, I'll praise you once my kids are sitting next to me in church. God, I'll praise you. Then that's, that's the mentality that we have. I've been watching March Madness, and nobody makes noise and shouts for their team when their opponent has the ball. But God is expecting you. That even when you feel like you're in that inner dungeon, you have permission to praise. You have permission to praise. You still feel sick, but you can praise today. And Paul and Silas were, were, were a picture of that. They were praising before anything started to rattle. Do you know what that does to your enemy when you start to praise while the shackles are still on? Do you know what message that sends every demonic spirit that has been give, governing over your family for the last 45 years when you start praising even in the midst of your chaos? I had this friend named Nando, and uh, he, he was a pretty scary dude. He loved to fight. He, I, I hated hanging around with him because I knew he's going to go pick a fight, and then I'm obligated to jump in. 
I'm there punching someone saying, dude, I really don't want to do this. I'm so sorry. He's crazy. I'm with you. But, but Nanda loved to fight. And, and there was something he did before every fight. And he didn't pretend. He wasn't pretending. He flat out believed that he was going to knock anybody out before he ever. He won before he won. He would stand there facing his enemy. He would start pounding his chest, like shouting. I'm thinking, bro, don't save the energy. He's, he couldn't help himself, though. He couldn't help himself because he had already determined he won. When you can get the understanding that what you're up against is temporary, you're going to feel this need to start to raise your hands in the air. God's not asking you to pretend. He's asking you to get confidence about the victory that I've already provided for you. Thanks be to God who leads me into defeat. No, triumph. This is why I can praise today. You're on assignment. You're on mission. God is not done with you yet. What you're facing is temporary. Start praising your God. The pain is temporary. The grief is temporary. Start praising your God. When do we praise? At all times. I'm praising at all times. The second thing about praise that I think it's important to know is that praise helps to magnify a thing. Praise helps to magnify a thing. Helps to magnify a thing. This is why the Bible says this in Psalms 34, verse 3 through 4. Oh, magnify your problem. No. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Magnifying, begin, when, you, when you praise, it begins to magnify a thing. It begins to magnify a thing. Why is that important? Because what you magnify, you give power to. What you magnify, you give power to. If I magnify the chains, I give power to the chains. If I magnify my God, I give power to my God. If I magnify the problem, I give power to my problem. If I magnify God's power, I give power to God's power. I don't, I don't know how that came out right there. But anyways... <laughs> That was awesome. There's a story where we see this, and it's, 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 it's in a different story in Matthew chapter 14, verse 29 through 30. This is when Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on water. Uh, he, Jesus says this, yes, come, Jesus says. So Peter went over the side of the boat, and he walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. As long as Peter was magnifying Jesus... He gave power to Jesus. When Peter started magnifying the waves, he gave power to the waves. What you magnify is what you give power to. How long do I need to praise for until God is bigger to you than your problem is to you? How long do I need to shout for until God is bigger to you than your problem is to you? This isn't just a formula. There's something that happens in your spirit, man, when you start to praise God. You ever been in a church environment when we're praising? You're a whole lot bolder than you were when you were walking in. Praise does something on the inside of you. When you're magnifying God, it doesn't make God any bigger. It just makes God bigger to you. I had a magnifying glass. My kids did. They were playing with one yesterday. We were, I was teaching them how it worked, and I thought it was so fitting for this. And I wrote an itty-bitty bitty letter, and it was like the letter M, 
and, and I showed it to them, and I, I was at a distance, so they couldn't see it. Then I got the magnifying glass, and I put it over the letter M, and all of a sudden, they could, it was, yeah, it's big. Well, when you move the glass, the letter's the same size. It just got really, really big to you. And God can get really, really big to you when you begin to praise him. Because what you praise, you magnify. Why is it important? Because you have to figure out what you're giving power to. Peter, or Peter, Paul and Silas, they were magnifying God. We're going we're gonna to acknowledge God. We're going to make God a really, really big deal. And for some of us, God's not as big as our problem is. But that can change by taking your attention off your problem and putting it onto God. I don't think we consciously would say, man, I'm just praising my problem. But how many times have we looked at our problem and said, oh, my God, my problem is just so big. There's no problem like my problem. That's just praise without Tavo playing the guitar behind it. We have to be cautious what we're, what we're saying. Can I tell you that before the devil was the devil, he was the greatest praiser of all time. But Satan himself was so desperate for the praises of people, God had to boot him out of heaven. He's still fighting for your praise. And when we complain, he gets bigger. When we talk our problem, he gets bigger. Oh, this is what I live for. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan went there and he tempted him like four different temptations. And each one, Jesus would combat him and he'd give him God's word. But you know which one really ticked Jesus off? The very last one. Satan said, bow down and worship me. Oh, man. The three other temptations, Jesus Jesus was being nice. Devil wants my praise? Get out of here, Satan. Because he understood praise belongs to one person and one person alone, and that is my God. What you praise, you magnify. What you magnify, you give power to. Man, you can come up here and help me. Point number three, and this is something that I think is, um, is huge. And this is really what I think inspired me to even go in this direction. But point number three is this praise combats striving. Praise combats striving. If I was Paul or Silas, and I'm in the inner dungeon, and I'm thinking about the persecution that some of my friends have experienced, believing in Jesus, preaching about Jesus. Like here, someone might like, you know, thumbs down your YouTube channel, but there they were, they were killing people that believed this. They were up against opposition. Who knows what was going to happen the next day? Were they going to lose their life for what they had done, what they were being accused of? If I was under that kind of pressure, I don't know that praise would have been my first response. I think I would have been looking for like a bobby pin or something to take these. I would have been, I would have been striving. How am I going to get out of this? Silas, how, how are we getting? Silas, if we, maybe if we distract the guard, we can, we can get out of here. Silas, maybe, maybe if the guard falls asleep, we could, we could maybe, maybe we can, I don't know, maybe we can bribe him. When you're up against problems like so many of us are, it's easier to strive than to praise. It's easier to take matters into your own hands. God, how do I get out of this one? Maybe I can get another job. God says, no, that's not the answer. Maybe I can do this. God says, no, that's not the answer. When you praise, it combats 
the striving. Because as Paul and Silas were acknowledging God, they weren't there trying to pickpocket their stocks. And for most of us, we live our Christian life trying to get God to do something, trying to beg God to do something. And as believers in Christ, we have to be really cautious because faith and striving can look exactly the same on the outside. This is why God says that when you praise me, praise me with all of your heart because your hands might fool me, but your your heart can't fool me. The words coming out of your mouth might fool me, but your heart can't fool me. And the closer we get to the brink of disaster, the more of a tendency we have to do to we start striving. I remember, and I've shared this story so many times, but it's, it was so crystal clear to me now. I remember believing for a miracle in, my, in one of my daughter's lives. I was believing God for a miracle. And like day one, oh, that prayer was full of faith, full of faith. You're the heel of the Lord. I was full of faith. Day two, there was still some faith there. Day 10, when things were falling apart, I started thinking, oh, Jesus. And, and, and I slipped into strive mode. I was still quoting verses, but I was doing out of a spirit of, I was striving, and I wasn't at rest. And you got to be really, really cautious. And I remember going, going to her room one night, and I was like, I had, I, I had like this, I had these, um, these verses on a piece of paper, and you need these because those verses are going to be the very thing that gives you the confidence you need to go and praise God in the midst of your problem. So you need that. That's why Paul and Silas prayed, and then they praised. But I had been praying so much, God put it on the inside of me. Just start praising me now. Start praising me now. And that was really, really difficult because when you're, when you're up against it, when you're believing God for a miracle, it's really hard to take your attention off the problem and saying, problem, I'm going to leave you there. God, I worship you. God, I magnify you. My heart can't be in both places. But to leave your problem is the most hardest thing to do. It's really difficult. We get into desperation mode. We start begging God. We, we start creating all these prayer chains. You know how many prayer chains I'm in? Oh, my, it's annoying. You, like, God, if I find 20 more people to pray for my daughter, she'll be healed. You know, Jesus was trying to kick people out of his prayer chains. I only need two people that really believe. Half the people, half the people in your prayer chain are just waiting for some news. They're not really there agreeing with you. And I'm not saying anything against prayer chains, but if striving is the motive, don't do it. Even... I got a bunch of stories. My dog had parvo. I personally thought the dog was dead. My, it did look dead. My, my daughter, she looked at me. She's sitting right here on the front row. She, she looked at me and said, Dad, is, is God going to heal my dog? Man, it got me. I'm thinking, sheesh, I, I know he can't. I don't know. So I went up to the room to go pray. pray. Prayer is a good thing, right? But when I got in there, I knew that I was striving. God's promises cannot be earned. They have to be received. I was going in there striving, a.k.a. trying to earn it, and I knew that, so I didn't say a word. If you sense any ounce of striving, even in your good works, don't do it. Until you get to that place where I'm just receiving. Well, what do you do between that place? You praise. 
You praise. What did I do? God, I just acknowledge you. God, I'm going to praise. I'm not going to pray until you're bigger to me than my problem. Why? Because I'm not earning something. I have to learn to receive it. And I remember back to my story going into my daughter's room and God leading me to praise him. And, and it reminded me why praise can be really, really difficult. Because again, real praise means that I have to take my attention off of this and I have to go, I got to go Godward. And he said, the reason why it's difficult is because you care about this. And Andrew, the reason why you, it's hard for you to go over there and talk about how good I am is because you feel like when you do that, you're going to let your daughter down. And, and you're, you're going to take your attention off your daughter and you care about her. So you feel like worrying is adding to this. You feel like talking about the problem is adding to this. God says, no, 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 no. Andrew, I need you to know something. I care about her too. And God wants you to know something. That thing that you have to detach your heart from for just a moment, God just needs you to do it for a moment so he can get his hands on it. Because God can't come and take care of something you're trying to take care of yourself. And so I had to detach myself from a moment. And I said, God, I'm, I'm coming. Because he's over there. I said, God, I'm coming. But I want you to know this is the most difficult day of my life. God, this is really hard. God, this is the real problem, but I'm going to do it. And when I came to this place of praise and fell on my knees, I said, God, you are awesome. It stung because she was intubated. I didn't know, if she, but God, you're great. God, it stung because her heart was going to collapse, but God, you're so awesome. And as I'm here praising, God was over there doing work that I never could do. Right here demands not some of your heart, all of your heart. So for the person that's finding it difficult to praise, I'm here to tell you that when you're going to work praising, God is taking care of the thing over here that you could never take care of in your own ability. Praise combats the striving. If you want to see the manifestation of God's promises, don't try to earn it. Learn to receive it. If you're not there at that place yet, start to praise God. It's going to change the game for you. I want to invite you to stand to your feet today. When do we praise? We praise at all times. What does praise do? It magnifies a thing. Why is that important? Because what I magnify, I give power to. What does praise do? It combats the striving. Why is that important? Because I can't earn a thing from God. I can only receive. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 